Oh, you know it's Friday, and you know who we're talking to if we're playing Macho Man. You can also tell what we're going to talk about. What is that? What is that noise? Vaughn, what is that? Is that... Are they coming for you, Vaughn Palmer? Are those murder hornets coming for you? Oh, Simmy. (laughs) I've discovered the new definition of the job from hell. So I'm reading Simon Little's piece on the global website on the first sighting the first nest of Asian giant yep. hornets found in in Blaine, which is a lot closer than I'd like it to be. Uh, planet Venus would be more my taste. But um, <laughs> the fascinating thing, these articles are fascinating to me, obsessive, you might say. Um, Simon explains in the article how they find Asian giant hornet nests. So somebody spots one, and they try to capture them, and they capture two or three, and they tag them. No, tying electronic tags to Asian giant hornets when we know from firsthand testimony that they can sting through protective clothing and that the stings feel like a red-hot steak knife, I'm thinking that's one hell of a job you got. It really is, right? I don't want that job. Um, But it works. You know, they, they, they tag them and then they track them. And it takes a while, but they track them back to their nests, and then they destroy the nests. So, um, Kudos I, to I, them, we would I, say. Yeah, I'm second to none in admiring the people who go out and fight wildfires and defuse bombs and uh, go into hospital emergency wards. And I, I'm not being entirely facetious here, but I still have to say, wow, that's one hell of a job you're doing really? to control the Asian giant hornet. Putting uh, the tracker, population. putting the tracker on an Asian giant horn. I yeah. thought that is some yeah. kind of job. The fact that they're the size of Chihuahuas, uh, <laughs> it might be not. Okay. Enough, joking. Enough joking. Yes, but you know what? They're on it, Vaughn. We just wanted you to know that there yeah. is a team of people yeah. on it, so you don't That's have great. to worry. That's okay. Great. Yeah. And I'm sure that the Jays and Giant Hornets will respect the international border since it's still Absolutely. closed. They don't have their yeah. papers. They don't have their passports. They're not going to cross the border. It's closed. Also, we have enough to worry about on this side of the border, yeah, on a more do. serious note, with COVID-19, because those numbers, there's nothing good about them. Yeah, the numbers are really bad. Uh, I mean, clearly, whether or not, uh, you know, Dr. Bonnie Henry and Adrian Dixon will admit that it's the fourth wave, it's clearly the fourth wave. And, and a pretty sobering report from the uh, COVID-19 model, modeling group yesterday saying that if the trend continues in this way, we're looking at a pretty serious serious fourth wave this fall, uh, 10,000 cases a day, that's, that's not great. Uh, and yet that's the graph. It keeps climbing. Hospitalization keeps climbing. I was struck yesterday, Simi, by the way the provincial government is now increasingly putting less emphasis on the percentage of people vaccinated and emphasizing the number of people exactly. who aren't vaccinated. So, you know, 700 cases, overwhelmingly cases, hospitalizations, ICU, and spread are all being traced to the unvaccinated or the under-vaccinated. So unvaccinated means you don't have a vaccination at all, and there's still almost 800,000 people who are unvaccinated. Um Under-vaccinated, you've only got a first dose, and there's over 400,000 people in that group, and that's who's spreading it. So 
it's not like they haven't tried. It's not like they haven't massive encouragement, made it easier, and had floating clinics and you know pretty much everything but door-to-door. Uh, maybe we'll have to do that. But I think... Um, Simi, it it fascinates me now, having covered this for 18 months, the number of victory laps British Columbia has taken on, hey, we're doing great, you know, and we're leading the world, and we're better than everybody. We don't learn our lesson. We just don't learn our lesson with that. But the one thing we aren't leading in, the one thing we aren't ahead of the curve, in fact, we're way behind, is moving to the stick phase of vaccination. Yes, we've had rules now for long-term care, And yes, they've said that businesses can say, get vaccinated or don't come back to work. But I I still think the government should be setting examples on this. It should be setting examples and saying, you must be vaccinated in the public service. You must be vaccinated to work anywhere in healthcare. If it's good enough for banks, if it's good enough for universities in other provinces, why isn't it good enough for British Columbia? That's exactly it, too. And you wonder, what's it going to take? Like that, They're moving to that in the United States now, where actually their vaccination rates are ticking up because so many businesses and organizations and everybody are saying, you can't come in unless you've yeah. been vaccinated. Sure. I mean, nightclubs, bars, it's, it's everywhere that the stick approach has been done. Yes, there's grumbling and yes, there's worries about backlash, but... It is also working in the same way that the incentive thing worked for a while and the availability thing worked for a while. When you push for answers on this, um, our colleagues uh, who, who go to these press conferences regularly and interview and stuff like that, um, what you hear is, well, uh, you know, schools are coming, uh, universities are coming. Well, they're also going to be open pretty soon, so it's not like they're rushing there. Um, more guidelines coming, all that. Um, I get it. Uh, I, I believe it when they say they're working on it, but increasingly, what's the hesitation? I think the government could be really, really adding some strong incentives to get vaccinated if they were to try to get ahead of the curve the way they have been on other things. Uh, so what are we hearing about next week, right? There's going to be a couple of pressers next week, I understand, yeah, on this? Schools and universities we're hearing coming next week. Now, we, we thought they might be coming this week. So well, we heard. Again, Adrian say, Dix told us. Us. <laughs> us it was this week. <laughs> you know, again, um, I know you have to be careful making jokes in this area, but there's a pretty good political cartoon in the Victoria paper this week, uh, Adrian Rayside, and it's uh, a parent going through the checkout line uh, for school supplies, back to school sales, says the sign on the wall. And the clerk says, did you find everything you were looking for? And she says, yeah, everything except the government guidelines for masking and vaccinations in the schools. Like, um, Parents are trying to make plans for the fall. They're they're trying to look ahead. Teachers, too, school staff. Um, I know there are a lot of things going on in the province at the moment, and the government is busy, but they've had since the spring to think about this. And I do think that if they'd been less preoccupied with taking premature victory laps and talking about how wonderful it was that we were going to phase three, um, I think by now they'd have their plans in place I heard you say this morning, Simi, that you don't expect us to move to phase four, September the 7th. I think that's probably true, but once again, why not announce it that we're not going to phase four and that, in fact, 
we're going to be getting more guidelines very soon. See, and I think that would kind of wake people up if yeah. we did that. If you said, listen, this is what was going to happen. At this point, we don't think it's going to happen, and this is why. Give people a couple weeks' notice. Things may improve by yeah. September 7th if you tell people that that's going to happen. Yeah, well, I see that the COVID modeling group yesterday, which, you know, okay, so it's an alarmist report that they put out, but they're being alarmist for a reason, right? They, they're graphing the case count, and they're noticing, like, you know, we were told, you know, weeks ago, oh, well, you know, as long as the hospitalization rate isn't spiking. Well, the hospitalization rate is spiking, right? It is climbing. So they're saying unless something is done. They're not saying it's inevitable. They're saying it's inevitable if the government continues to sit on its hands. And I think that's fair comment that the government has been in no rush here uh, to take leadership on this um, and no rush to signal that, no, no, um, that's not where we're headed after Labor Day. Where we're headed after, before Labor Day is doing everything we possibly can to level off the, to bend the curve on the fourth wave. So next week, I feel like that is going to be a very pivotal week. Yeah, I do. Um, it should have been this week. should have been I last week. I think so, week. too. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I I. I I think it's coming uh, again. I, it's hard to figure out why they've been so blasé about it. But, you know, again, if you go back over the record, uh, they took the longest time to acknowledge that we were in a second wave. In fact, John Horgan was so sure we weren't going to have one, he called an election and got away with it. Uh, it took the longest time to acknowledge the third wave. Um, when all of this is over, and please let it be soon, uh, the independent inquiry into all this, and I hope there is one, I think one of the things they'll be looking at, which is uh, why was British Columbia so slow to respond in ways that other places yeah. had done to the, uh, the second wave, the third wave, and now the fourth wave. Exactly. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Have Bye-bye, a good weekend. Simi.